You are listening to the light of today with the powerful, life-changing Word of Christ that heals, delivers, transforms, and fills you with the Holy Spirit. Let God's truth burst forth into your heart. Stay tuned to the light of today with Chris Palmer. Come on, husbands, look at your wife and say, stop sinning. Sin. No, I'm just... <laughs> and don't sin by letting anger control you. I want to make a point real quick. Notice what it says here. It doesn't say don't sin by anger. It says here, don't sin by letting anger control you. Someone say control me. Okay, that's the key word. That's the operative word. You remember in, you remember Sesame Street, the operative word? You remember that? Well, that's the operative. <laughs> that's the operative. Well, I was watching them last night, so I'm just teasing. It says, don't let the sun go down while you are angry. Okay, Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 11. This is what it says. Are we live this morning, church? Okay, okay, there we are. Fools vent their anger. I'm not a fool. Are you a fool? I'm not a fool. But the wise quickly hold it back. Okay, James chapter 1 verse 19 says this. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. Now notice who he's talking to here. He's talking to Christians. He's not talking to sinners. Not talking to almost saints. You know, that's how some people are in the church. They're not quite, <laughs> you know, they're kind of almost saints. Some days you never know. It says, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. That kind of sounds like some of the opposite of the people you know, right? They're quick to get angry, slow to listen, or quick to, <laughs> slow to listen, and slow to speak, fast to speak. You know what I'm talking about? You ever meet some angry people? Okay, okay. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Now, we've been talking about prayer and the ministry. And the one thing that God is interested in your life is fruit. Fruit means that you have a life that is producing. What we're interested in and what God is interested in is the fruit of your life. He's not interested in flash. He's not interested in dash. He's not interested in platitudes. He's not interested in outward appearance. He's not interested in what it looks like on the outside. What God is interested in your life is not even eloquence or how you get by in talent. God is interested in the fruit of the ministry. When God told me to start the church, I said, God, we don't have much to start the church with. I remember starting and being concerned about all the different needs that we have, the finances, X, Y, and Z. And the Lord told me there will be fruit in the ministry. Start the church because there will be fruit. I said, but we don't have the latest and the greatest. He said, all I care about is their fruit. Look what we're doing. We're doing things for the kingdom. Fruit's the most important thing. Someone say fruit. And the thing about not having anger in your life is if you allow anger to control you, the Bible says that that anger is not going to produce fruit. As a matter of fact, it's going to kill all the potential that you could have in your life to have fruit. Someone say amen. Okay. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Ecclesiastes 7 verse 9. Let me read quickly. It says here, do not hasten in your spirit to be angry for anger rests in the bosom of fools. So I want to talk to you this morning. The Spirit of God put it on my heart before I left to minister to the congregation about healing. Someone say healing. Okay, so I had Pastor Hudson come in. Pastor Reed came in. They talked to you about different aspects of healing. But one of the greatest aspects of healing today is getting rid of an angry spirit. 
How many can say that this week you got angry at one point? Don't lie. Raise your hand. Okay, how many can say you got angry more than once? Raise your hand. All right, how many can say you got angry more than twice? Raise your hand. I'll give you an example from my own life. Here I am, the missionary, the evangelist, traveling, telling people about the love of God. And I get on the airplane, and I am exhausted. I mean, I'm so tired. Someone said, what was the best part of the trip, getting on the airplane? <laughs> I couldn't wait to get on the airplane and get my meal and watch my movie and take my z and just knock out. I was looking forward to the whole trip when they were running me through the gauntlet. I was looking forward to it. And I get on the airplane. And I sit back. And you know what? There's no one sitting next to me. I said, this must be Jesus. There's nobody there sitting next to me. Nobody, nobody. They said, you know, you're waiting, sitting there, wondering if someone's going to come. You put your stuff on there and make you look like, you know, it's busy. But it's a sign seat anyway, but they're going to take it, whether you got to, you know, your whole house on there. They're still going to take it. And all of a sudden, no one's coming down the left aisle, and they said, the boarding doors are now shut. And I said, oh, Jesus, I worship you and give you great honor and great praise for this miracle that thou hast performed in my life today. Plane takes off getting stuff out of my bag, the meal's almost coming, and what do you think happens? The seat in front of me goes boof, all the way back. Have you ever been on a plane where someone puts their seat back? Have you ever been on a plane where someone has a seat back for nine hours? Do you know what I thought to myself? I'm going to strangle this person in front of me. And you know what they did? They bring the meal by. So the whole time I'm trying to eat, and the meal's sitting right there on my lap, and I'm thinking, this person, so you know what I did? I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you this morning. I started pushing the button on the television real hard. <laughs> like I'm turning the channels to make, why'd you put the seat back there? And then I think to myself, get a grip. You're letting this anger control you. It's going to destroy you on the flight. Some of you don't understand because you've never had that happen. When you're on a flight next time and someone put their seat back, you will know the pain I was feeling. Someone say amen. Okay, so I want to talk to you this morning about controlling your anger because most of the people that you meet today aren't just angry, but they're controlled by anger. Controlled. And here's the thing. Most people, if you talk to them, they don't think they're dealing with anger in their lives. And that's because they're not rageaholics. Most people think an angry person is someone that slams doors and throws the curling iron at their husband, amen, and, and, and hits and punches and screams. I was sitting at a red light a couple weeks ago, and there was a kid, and must have been misbehaving, because I saw the mom's arm go back and start smacking the kid in the back. <laughs> I thought, boy, <laughs> I'm glad I'm not that kid, because she's probably going to go home and tell daddy, and he's going to get it again. <laughs> But most people think, well, I'm not an angry person because you don't throw people down the stairs and you don't hit people over the face and you don't throw objects randomly at people. But the thing about it is anger manifests itself in different ways and outward anger is just as destructive as inward anger. Let me give to you a couple of things that people do when they're by and large angry. Number one, they nurture, nurture critical thoughts. Someone say critical thoughts. Number two, they give people the silent treatment. Husbands, how many here can say your wife has ever given to you the dreaded silent treatment? <laughs> You're driving in the car. What's wrong? Nothing. You know, how many guys that know what that word means? Nothing. You know what the word nothing means? <laughs> Everything. Are you sure there's nothing wrong? Nothing's wrong. I promise you, nothing's wrong. 
And then it's quiet for about four or five hours. You haven't talked much. Nothing's wrong. Nothing's wrong. Nothing's wrong. That's the silent treatment. Number three, being inwardly annoyed. Are you guys here this morning? Amen. Brother Leroy, thank you. Being inwardly annoyed. Do you know that there's people that live their lives annoyed all the time? You can see it in their face. Just annoyed. Not looking, sitting at Red Lobster, playing with your utensils, just looking around, just annoyed, upset, angry. And you know what happens when people are annoyed? Or you're annoyed with somebody? You will live your life trying to avoid that person. Families know what this is like. You hear that person coming upstairs, so you go downstairs. You hear that person coming in the living room, so you touch the TV off and you go in the kitchen. You're trying to avoid that person. Hello, anybody, are you here? Y'all looking at me like I'm the only one that knows what this is all about. Oh, wait, wait, wait. When someone confronts you, you are already thinking about your rebuttal. Have you ever had someone come to you and say, this is, this is particularly, this is going to be a message for the marrieds and the dating. You know, well, baby, you know, I want to tell you, I didn't like it when you said this, and you're already thinking about why you said it. Well, let me tell you why I said it. Well, let me finish saying No, let me tell you why I said this. Listen, people that have these kind of problems are dealing with something, and that is called being inwardly angry. Look at your neighbor and say, are you inwardly angry? Or what about the people that have negativity? How many see negativity on a regular basis? Raise your hands. You haven't had enough negativity today. I can tell you where to find it. Go on Facebook and you will see more negativity. Go on Twitter and you'll see even more negativity. Turn on the news and you'll see even more negativity. Everywhere you go today, there's negativity. And do you know when you see negativity, it is a clear sign that the person is angry. Or a person that has the I don't care attitude. That's passivity. When you're just passive towards something. You don't care about that thing anymore. It doesn't matter to you. It's passivity. These are signs that are angry. So, here's the thing this morning, church. If you see these things in your life manifesting themselves, demonstrating themselves on a regular basis, it's very possible that even though you're not a rageaholic, you may have some anger in your life that you need the Holy Spirit to work out of you. Someone say, let him work it out. All right, go with me to Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 8. We read the Bible at this church. Praise the Lord. We also say amen when the preacher says something good. <laughs> I'm in a good mood today. Maybe it's because the lines might get a win. <laughs> Colossians 3 we're going to pray for the Lions before this service is over <laughs> I actually have a feeling they're going to win today I'm going to say it now they're going to win today and when they do you can text me personally and say you were right prophet <laughs> Just teasing. if they don't win you're going to stone me right I'm teasing Colossians 3 verse 8 but now is the time someone say now is the time Oh, yeah, this is the best part about it. Not tomorrow, not on New Year's Eve. You know, we like to make the New Year's resolution. And seven days into that resolution, well, next year's the year for me. Praise God. No, no, now's the time. Say, now's the time. Say, now's the time. It says, now is the time to get rid of anger. All right. So it's not tomorrow. It's now. Because look what it says. Get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. But, but, but here's the thing. Notice the very first one in this list is anger. 
if you can get rid of anger in your life or the inability to control your anger, that means that all the rest of those things are going to follow. Someone come to me one time and say, I can't stop swearing. I just swear, 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 swear. How many know people that are just, man, they're like a broken record. They're just always swearing, always swearing, always swearing, always cussing. It's like put a quarter in, pull the machine. There's a swear word that comes out. That's usually because the person is angry. You don't usually see swear words come when people are happy. More so when they're angry. Or dirty language, or slander, or malicious behavior. All those things are the result of anger, and the Bible says, now is the time to get rid of it. So if you're taking notes this morning, let's talk a little deeper about what anger is. You want to talk about it this morning? Okay. Thank you, Brother Sean. Anger is turbulent commotion, and it is the agitation and boiling over of negative feelings. That means in your life when you get agitated. How many can say that this week somebody rubbed you the wrong way? Anybody here this morning? No. <laughs> this week you're going to get rubbed the wrong way. Next week you're going to get rubbed the wrong way. Somebody is going to come to you and do something that you don't like. And the emotion in your life that is produced is agitation. And from this emotion there is usually hostility. For anger to be there in your life, I want you to think about it. Everybody identify something in your mind about when the last time you were angry. You got it? I'm going to use the airplane as an example. Putting the seat back. Getting all in my food and making nine hours miserable for me. You got it in your mind now? Remember the last time you were angry? Two things were present. Number one, it is an offender. Someone or something has made you angry, and for the most part, the deepest things that make you angry are people. Do you know that people have the number one effect in your life to disrupt your flow of the Spirit in your life? When you get angry and people make you angry, you stop listening to the Holy Spirit and you start listening to those people in your life. You stop listening to what God says to do and you start listening to what your emotions say to do to that person. You listen to anger, you are now being misdirected because the voice of anger is speaking because your emotions are trying to figure out what to do to that person in order to take vengeance on them. Hello somebody. And number two, not only is a person present, but the next thing is, is a threat. Anger is so powerful because that person has offended you and that person has produced in your life a threat. Someone say a threat. So look and think about this for a second. When you get angry at somebody, the reason you're angry at that person is because that person has threatened you. Look at your neighbor and say, am I threatening you? Come on, look at the next person and say, are you being threatened? Come on, please. Are you here this morning? Are you here? Are you here? Come on. Okay, I'll give you an example. Different things in your life have the result of being threatened. That's why, number one, you see a drunk driver. As a matter of fact, the other day I was on Novi and 12 Mile by the 12 Oaks Mall. Now, you come up Novi Road going north and 12 Mile, you cannot turn left at that light. You have to make the Michigan U. And do you know what this car did? This car goes up with the sign that says don't turn left, and they turn left in oncoming traffic. Do you know how I got angry? 
I got upset. I wanted to get out of my car, run up to that car, open up the door, pull the person out of the car, and arrest them, do a citizen's arrest on the person, and call the police up and say, citizen's arrest, this person, blah, 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 blah. I'd be on the news and say, yeah, I was just doing my duty as a citizen. Citizen's arrest. Because they produced a threat to not just me, but somebody else. Or number two, the thing that usually makes you the angriest is when somebody comes along and they threaten your self-esteem. Hello? I'll give you another example from my life. Y'all looking at me with blank stares. I'm going to keep giving you examples from my life. Amen? We have this app. It's called Periscope. Amen? Go on Periscope and you tell the world about Jesus or what you're doing. I went on Periscope the other day and someone told me I sounded like a cartoon character. Someone say, oh, boo. They go out in there and say, you sound like a cartoon character. And all of a sudden, I got angry. I want to say, yeah, well, you, your mother. Amen? <laughs> yeah, well, come and tell it to my face. Probably some 13-year-old, 14-year-old kid sitting with, doesn't know me from Adam, doesn't know me from anyone. And I get mad because my self-esteem has just been threatened. And I had a dream the other night about it that I sound like a cartoon character. It got back in my brain. Got right there in my, I feel threatened all of a sudden. And then I'll tell you the number one reason why people get angry is because the offender has threatened your future. Do you know that the reason why couples get angry at each other is because couples are threatening each other's future? Couples get together. The spouse that they marry is keeping them from being what they wanted to be or what they envisioned themselves to be. That's why young dating people need to talk about their future before they get married. And that's why married couples need to respect what each other want for the future because if you don't, you're going to constantly live in a threat. Caleb, can you get my things for me quickly? Someone say threats. Do you know why when you see angry couples that are fighting with each other, when you see angry spouses... When you see kids that are angry with each other, friends that are angry with each other, the reason you have to see past the anger and you have to see the deeper issue that's going on, and that is people are threatening each other. That's why we want to minimize the amount of threat. Come on, someone say amen this morning. All right. So I want to talk to you this morning about the ways to overcome anger. Now, Brother Caleb is going to come up here real quick. He's going to be my prop demonstrator this morning. Go, man. Come on, someone say, yeah, Caleb. Yeah. All right, okay. You can put that there. Hold this, if you will, for a second. Now, I want to show you quickly what goes on when you get angry. Someone say, don't be angry. All right, I'm going to give you a little, psych a, little, a little example of what goes on. Now, anger I'm talking about is getting angry and being threatened. When you threaten somebody, now listen to me quickly. This is Relationship 101. When you threaten somebody, you're pushing that person away. Can you please take my jacket? I promise you, Caleb, there will be no hand-to-hand -hand combat up here this morning. All right. Now, you're talking to somebody. Somebody says something to you, maybe your spouse, and that person insults you. You've got to be careful now because when you insult somebody, you have threatened them. So as a reaction, that person, what they're going to do is they're going to put a layer between themselves. Hold this. They get threatened. So the first thing they do is they put on a layer of protection. Now, you're walking around protected. They've already threatened you. 
you're walking around with protection because they may threaten you again. So wives, you come in the house one day, husbands, you come in the house, you see your spouse, and your spouse ignores you. Or you make something to eat. And your husband says, <laughs> I should have went out to eat. I would have been better off eating that Kentucky Fried Chicken than eating this mess. That's pretty bad. Amen. So do you know what happens? The spouse gets upset. I've been working on this since 3 o'clock. She's supposed to be listening to the Holy Spirit inside of her. Supposed to be praying for you, but you insulted her dinner. So you know what she does? She's been threatened again. So she goes into protection mode. And what she does, men or women, is she puts on another layer. Oh, okay. So now it's getting hot under here. It's not comfortable living. So all of a sudden, the husband comes walking in the house one day and sees the wife. Wife's not doing nothing. Got her legs up. He's hungry. He wants to eat. She didn't do, he worked 20 hours today. And all of a sudden, the husband says, you, you didn't help me. You're threatening me. Or the husband comes home, and he finds out that the wife's put $3,000 on the credit card bill, and their budget this month was only $500. Are you all here this morning? So you know what happens? They say, you know what I have to do? I need another layer of protection because the person I'm living with is crazy. <laughs> All right. Another layer of protection? It's a pretty good look, eh? What do y'all think? So well, I don't even have to go to the gym. I can just put on sweatshirts like this and button them all up and say, yeah, I've been taking protein shakes, amen. <laughs> This is what happens. And then all of a sudden, you get into another fight. Something goes on. Things start taking place. All right. You get into a fight with your spouse. Come on. Put this on. Oh, yeah. Another layer of protection. And do you know this is how people walk around the church all day long? One more. Then you really get hurt and you really get upset. And you put on one more layer of protection because people have threatened you. Amen. Okay. Now, y'all going to see me walking around the mall like this later. <laughs> I hate to say this. This is how people come into church. And there are three different ways that you have to deal with your anger. Three different ways. You're not going to, there's no other way. What time? How much time I got? I can't even feel my watch. What time is it? 10 o'clock. Okay, I got time. There are three different ways you're going to have to choose your anger. There's door number one, there's door number two, and there's door number three. Someone say, what door do I choose? Look at your spouse and say, what door are you choosing? Come on, look next to them and say, what door? What door? Amen. Come on. This is powerful. This will change your life. If you do what the Bible says to do about anger, you will have a new anointing come over your life. You'll have a fresh anointing come. People come to the altar and they say, God, I want a fresh anointing. I want you to use me in healing and miracles and signs and wonders. Oh, God, send me into the harvest. And God says, first, you got to deal with your anger because the anger is what's destroying you. They say, God, heal my body. And God says, I'll heal your body. But if you don't deal with your anger, you're going to continue to have rot inside of you. And you'll walk sick the rest of your life. So you have to deal with the anger and get it out of your life. Somebody say amen. Okay. The first thing that people do, can I see my notes, is they suppress their anger. 
And the reason why people suppress their anger is because they believe that there's something wrong with anger. I didn't say there's anything wrong with anger. I said the problem with anger is when you allow anger to control you. So when a person says, someone says, you know, you're angry. They say, I'm not angry. No, no, I'm not angry. You, you got like six layers all over you, man. Everywhere you go. And then the person that suppresses the anger, I'm going to give you another example from my life. I remember one time, years ago, back in 2010, I went to preach for this place. Two and a half weeks I was there. Two and a half weeks preaching. Every day, almost, preaching at this place. I even had to miss one of my friend's weddings to preach at this. One of my good friend's weddings. One of my best friends missed his wedding to be here preaching. Because this guy asked me to preach before the wedding. I couldn't cancel. It was out of the country, actually. Almost. And you know what? I came back and I needed the money. And the first two days, check didn't come. Three days, check didn't come. Five days, check didn't come. A week and a half, check didn't come. Two weeks, check didn't come. Three weeks, check didn't come. Four weeks, check didn't come. And I thought to myself, this pastor, I'm going to find him. I'm going to use his head and make lemonade. Amen. And all of a sudden, one day the pastor called me. He said, Brother Palmer. I said, yes. He goes, did that check come? And I said, no. It's okay. God is good. I know you'll get it to me whenever. But inside I was saying, you know that check didn't come. And you know it didn't come because you got those checks. And you know what? The check came and I was fine. But do you know what the problem was? I was suppressing the anger because I believe that there's something wrong with anger. And so the person that suppresses it is a person that walks around pretending everything is fine. But inside it is destroying you. And if you do not allow the Holy Spirit to get control of that anger and show you how to use it, you are going to end up reaping physical ailments. Ailments. Can I get an amen? People that you see that are depressed, have you ever met someone that's overly grumpy? Anybody know grumpy people? Irritable people? People that are just touchy all the time? Can't take any type of criticism? They're those people. I remember one time I was at the beach. And I'm in my swimsuit, my board shorts, and my tank top, and my towel. And it is 90 degree day on the beach. And I saw a guy walking around on the beach with jeans on. Jeans on on the beach in the middle of the day with the hot sun. There is nothing more tormenting than to be in denim when it's hot outside. Can I get an amen? It is the worst thing you can imagine. I at one time went to Greece, and I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know what I was thinking, and I packed jeans and no shorts, and it was 100 degrees without any type of breeze coming through. We were walking around Philippi and Ephesus in jeans. I wanted to take the jaws of life and cut those denims off me. I was tormented and oppressed the whole time. I even had to roll my pants up all the way to my knees, and I looked like Huck Finn and Tom Sawyer the whole time walking around. It was oppressive and hot. And this is what people do when they refuse to deal with their anger and take it off because they don't want to accept the fact that they have anger in their life. Can I get an amen, somebody? Jesus said about anger, can I read to you in John 
2, verse 3 through 16. It says, And it was nearly time for the Jewish celebration. Jesus went into the temple, and Jesus made a whip and some ropes and chased them all of the temple, saying, Get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. Jesus was angry, and he was mad. So let me say this. Anger is a tool that the Holy Spirit has given you in your life to use it correctly so that you can affect positive reformation in your life. Sometimes some things in your life need amending, and the only way that you're going to be able to amend those things is by using anger the way the Holy Spirit has told you to use it. Allowing the Holy Spirit to show you how to control anger. Can I get an amen, somebody? Glory to God. So you have to consult the Holy Spirit. If Jesus can get angry, then guess what? You should accept that it's okay for me to get angry at times and stop denying the anger and allowing those layers to build up and kill you eventually. Can I get an amen, somebody? Well, then there's the people that have to do a little more, and that is they become proud of their anger. You know anybody like this? They're the angry people that are angry, and they know they're angry, and they don't care that you know they're angry. As a matter of fact, they want you to know, I'm angry. They walk around with their anger. They say, man, you got layers of anger. Yeah, I got layers of anger, and you're the one that gave me those layers of anger because you're a threat to me. Hello, somebody. You know these people. People that are inappropriately angry are the ones that are always blunt. You ever meet people that are blunt? I mean, you come in wearing a dress or outfit and they say, hmm, should have left that one in the store. Hello? Does this make me look fat? No, you make you look fat. Amen. <laughs> These are the kind of thing that angry people say. And not only that, they're the ones that their voice gets louder when they share their opinions. One time I was in Orlando with nine or ten evangelists, and we were sitting at the table. And I remember thinking, <laughs> everybody is talking and nobody is listening. That's how it's when you get around preachers. Amen. Let me tell you what God's doing. Well, let me tell you what God's doing. Let me tell you what God. Well, let me tell you what God's doing. Let me tell you what the revelation God gave me. No, no, no. Listen. This is what happens. And then you meet those. You know, you're gonna have Thanksgiving in two weeks. You know what's gonna happen? They're gonna ring the doorbell and all of a sudden someone's gonna come in. Did you watch that debate? Yeah. Let me tell you who's gonna be the candidate. No, 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 no. And then someone's just political expert about everything. No, I don't want to hear you. That's because you have your house full of angry people eating turkey. Amen, somebody. And you just want to say, is this going to be over with? Oh, man, I don't even know why I look forward to the holidays. When's the holidays going to be over with? Why do we even get happy? Amen. Because you have angry people. Or they're the person that, now this is, a, man, listen to this quickly. When you're involved in a relationship, sometimes a problem occurs men and it hurts the woman's feelings and because men are mechanically minded they just want to fix the problem and they forget the woman's feelings they're so bent on fixing the problem that they forget about the person's feelings and this is usually what an angry person does just want to fix the problem don't care how you feel about it these are people are you guys here this morning y'all looking at me like i'm a zebra or an ostrich or i came back as a brazilian amen Go with me to Matthew chapter 26. This is what it says. Boy, I need to take these clothes off. You're burning up under them. You're going to the gym. You're wearing this around everywhere you go. It says, now Peter sat without in the palace. What time we got? Okay. Now Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, 
Thou also was with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what you say. And he was gone into the porch. Another maid saw him and said unto them that were there, This fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. After a while he came unto him that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou art one of them, for thou speech bereath thee. Then began he to curse and swear, saying, I don't know the man. And immediately the cock crew, and Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him before the cock crew, Thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out, and he wept bitterly. Here's the problem. Peter is sitting there. A woman comes up to him, says you're with Jesus, and Peter gets upset. And he gets upset again and upset again. This girl was threatening him, and what Peter was doing was hiding under his layers of anger. And the problem with anger is, is it caused Peter to deny Jesus and made him sad. Anger in your life, if you decide to be an angry person, it is going to destroy the abundant life that Jesus came to give you. People that have anger in their life never live in peace. They go to bed at night. They toss and turn. They wake up in the morning and they want to be combative with every person that they talk to. And Jesus says, I came that you might have peace. I leave with you my peace. I give to you, not as the world gives. Don't let your heart be troubled and don't be afraid. But every time you decide to hold on to anger, listen, it becomes demonic in your life. Anger, when you hold on to it and you repress it and suppress it or become proud of it, seats itself into your soul. And the moment something seats itself into your emotions, the devil comes and starts working on it. It becomes satanic. It becomes a part of you. And so listen, you can be angry and get upset and maybe even respond wrong. The other day I was driving, and I had to be somewhere, and someone was threatening me being on time. I like to be on time. And I remember this person, you know, when you're, on, when, when, when you're driving to go someplace and you have time, no slow drivers. But when you have to be somewhere, when you, there's always that little tiny Chevy Cobalt, white, from 1986, driving 13 miles an hour in a 40. And you don't, I mean, just, and you're, no passing lane. Can't, and you're thinking, I just want to just, just grow some big wheel tires and go right over this person. And I'm, come on, come on, move. Then I saw, do you need prayer sticker? I'm just playing on the back. <laughs> so I lighted today's sticker on the back. I said, I just wanted to say hi. It's just good to see you, church. Okay, you can respond wrong. But if you keep on responding wrong, and keep on responding wrong, and keep on telling Holy Spirit, wait, I got this. Every time you act in anger, you are telling the Holy Spirit, I got it. You just rest a second. Holy Spirit, wait, 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 just, just, just relax, Holy Spirit. I can handle this one. You, you, you know, you do a lot around the world. You're healing somebody somewhere. I, I got this. Let me, let me handle it. <sighs> now, no, no, no. The first thing that you do when you're angry is you should consult the Holy Spirit for his mind. Someone say, consult the Holy Spirit. When you're on the ride home and your spouse or your whoever starts getting mad, consult the Holy Spirit. But the Bible says, go with me quickly to Ephesians chapter 4, 26. I want to show you what the Bible says. Are you getting something out of this this morning? Caleb, can you play? You're good. Can you play? Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Amen. The Holy Spirit's going to get on the guitar now. 
someone say, no anger. We're launching a war on anger this morning. Hallelujah. Now, anger uh, is not going to have any place here. Not in my life. We're going to see exactly what the Bible says to do with it. Number one, when you get angry, it says, and don't, let's, don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. This simply means when you have anger, deal with it quickly. Deal with it quickly. Anger shows up in your life for a purpose. God made you the way you are. You're threatened. Okay. So you have to make a decision to deal with the anger quickly before that anger sets and settles down into your heart. Because if it settles into your heart, it becomes demonic. It becomes part of you. And do you know what will happen? Satan will make your body sick. He'll make your mind tormented. And he'll kill your healthy relationships. You find people that can't have friendships because they're angry people. Because they have the anger inside of them. And Satan is just sitting there having a field day with them. So Jesus prescribes something. This is what he says. Write this down if you're taking notes. Share your anger. Don't dump it. Jesus says in Matthew 18, If your brother trespasses against thee, go and tell him his fault. If he hear you, you've gained a brother. If he doesn't hear you, take with you one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word be established. And if he still neglects to hear him, tell him to the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, may he be like a publican. Jesus said this, when you get angry, don't pretend you're not angry. Or don't go around and taking that anger as a justification to get vengeance on somebody. When you're angry, after you consult the Holy Spirit, you should take that anger to somebody and you should go share the reason why you are angry with that person. Don't throw an iron at their face. Don't throw a rolling pin at them. But go to that person after you've got control and say, this is why I'm angry. Now, here's the thing. It says here in Matthew chapter 5, verse 22, let me read it. But I say unto you, whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of judgment. And whoever shall say to this brother, fool, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever say thou fool shall be in danger of hellfire. This means if you are continuously angry with somebody. doesn't mean you can't get angry. There's a present continuous in the Greek. It just simply means you're constantly angry, constantly angry, constantly angry. A person who is constantly angry is somebody who has not dealt with their anger. Jesus prescribes to you, Matthew 5, 23. Therefore, if you bring a sacrifice to the altar and there remembers that your brother has something against thee, leave it there at the altar and be reconciled, then come offer your gift. Notice what he says here. He says that if you remember your brother has something against you, this is why the person would have called him a fool. Because the guy comes to the altar, he says, man, my brother's a fool, he's an idiot. And the reason he's doing that is because he's been offended. And Jesus says, when someone has offended you, don't call him a fool. And don't even come up here and try to be pious. Go to that person and settle the conflict. So that means don't let the sun go down on your wrath. I want you to get this picture this week, church. Get this picture. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. That means every morning, excuse me, every night before you go to bed, you need to learn how to take off your anger. The Bible says cast it off.
So before you go to bed tonight, or while you're sitting at Max and Irma's waiting for your hamburger to come, think about the people you're mad at. Consult the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, cast it off. That means hang it up. By going to your brother. How many look forward to the when you're dressed up, getting home from church and just taking off your dress clothes? Taking off your shoes? I have a pair of Ferragamos that someone blessed me with. And they are the most lovely shoes, but they hurt my feet so bad. I get bruises on them from wearing them. But I love them, but they bruise. I couldn't wear them today. My foot's too swollen to get into them. I love them. And I remember that I was preaching all in them when I was down in Brazil. And one night, I was sitting at the restaurant. We were eating pizza after a service. And I said, these are coming off right now. And I took them off. And I took them off. And you know what happens when you take them off? Can't get them back on. <laughs> we had to go through the ghetto. And I had to get out of the car. And I was walking with them like slippers. <laughs> but that's how anger should be. You shouldn't be able to wait to get it off. Every day. Come on. Get off me. Come on. You need to take off your anger. This should be you tonight. You should, this one just wants to give me a hard time. You say, Lord Jesus, I'm angry at so-and-so. The Bible says go to them. Lord Jesus, I'm, I'm angry at, I'm angry at my, my sister. I'm angry at my friend. Don't go on Facebook and stalk them and screenshot their pictures and send them to people. Hang it up. Go to people. Hello, somebody. Am I getting a picture across? I put on nine sweatshirts for you. Hang it up. Now listen, one more thing before we close. If somebody comes to you and tells you they're angry, it's not just your job to rebuttal them. Listen to what they're saying. Because if you've angered somebody, that means you've threatened that person. And you owe it to that person to listen to them. Jesus said four times, if they hear you, if they hear you, if they hear you, if they hear you. The point was, hear the people that are listening to you. Spouses, pay attention to your spouse's complaints. <laughs> pay attention to what people say to you. I pay attention when someone says, I don't like this. You may not know by the look on my face, but I think about it because I threatened you. You have to listen to what the person is saying. And one more thing quickly. First John chapter 2 says, foolish quarrels, avoid them. One more thing quickly before we close. Dealing with anger. So the first thing you do is you go to the person. The second thing, if you've offended somebody, that person needs to tell you. You need to listen to that person. And the third thing is, stop being so sensitive. Anger is from a threat. And if anger comes from a threat and you're always angry, you know what that means? You're letting too many things threaten you. I told you when I was on Periscope, the person said I sounded like a cartoon character. I went to the Lord about it. You know what the Lord said to me? Grow up. He said, be more tough. Because listen, if you're always too sensitive about things, you're not ready for the big leagues. You want to be promoted, you're going to get criticized. You want to be promoted, you're not going to be able to please everybody. you got to be more tough. Because if you're always sensitive about things, you're going to be the person saying, no, let me talk to you today. You know what you did to me? You know, and then next Sunday, you know, you know what you did to me? You know what you did to me? You don't want to be the, you know what you did to me, the person walking around the church. You know what you did to me? You know what you did to me? You know what you did to me? Just be more tough. And stop letting so many things threaten you. There are certain things that can threaten you. 
that he has rebellion from somebody, when a spouse neglects to meet your needs, when somebody does something, a duty to you and doesn't fulfill it, those things can upset you. But do you know what shouldn't? People's opinions. Everybody has one. Don't let them threaten you. Amen? Somebody say no anger. Stand to your feet this morning. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands to heaven. Did you get something out of that? Hallelujah. Anger is demonic when you don't deal with it. Let's close our eyes. Let's pray. We're going to dismiss. Father, we worship and praise you this morning. In the authority of the name of Jesus, I take authority over anger. If you have anger in your life, I want you to repent right now. Tell the Lord you're sorry. Say, forgive me, Lord. I take authority over anger. I take authority over rage, suppressed anger, anger that is open in the name of Jesus. I ask you, show us how to deal with it. I break the power of every demonic spirit that's in work and our operative in people's lives for holding on to it in Jesus name we renounce the power of anger we renounce Lord bitterness and the root of bitterness in Jesus name I command anger to flee I command anger to take its hands off of the body of Christ I pray that every wedge of bitterness that's been driven between people as a result of it go in the name of Jesus I pray complete deliverance in Jesus name from the power and the stronghold of anger we give you praise and glory May this be a place, Father, where families and people walk in peace. May this be a place where families and people, Lord, walk in joy and reconciliation with one another. We give you great honor. Someone say this, Lord Jesus, I repent of anger. I renounce its place in my life. Holy Spirit, teach me what to do when I'm angry. I give you my life in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Hug somebody next to you. Tell them that you love them. Tell them that, say, Jesus is for you. Say, Jesus is for you. Amen. We're going to be here at 545 on Thursday for our turkey drive, handing out turkeys to families. If you need special prayer, maybe for anger, I'll be over on the side. God bless you, and we'll see you Thursday. In now that you've heard the light of today, connect with us. Go to our website, lightoftoday.org. Write us at P.O. Box 403, Wald Lake, Michigan, 48390. Or tweet Chris Palmer at twitter.com forward slash Chris Palmer. Our podcasts are free and updated regularly, so make sure to share them with a friend and tune in again to The Light of Today with Chris Palmer.